Welcome to our episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on September the 15th, 2020. I'm your host, very late, with me as always. <laughs> uh, the early caffeine rage. On today's show, we will of course be discussing the games that we played this week. We're going to be talking about CSGO cheaters being punished with fake cheating software. EA Play is added to Xbox Game Pass, and the price increase to Game Pass is coming as it leaves its beta period. And we will be having a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. Yep, I was late tonight. We're getting a very late start. It was my fault. Dealing with parent, kid stuff. My kid's getting older and asking questions and had to have a, a conversation and then went to snuggle with him a little bit because he was feeling slightly distraught. And then I fell asleep in my kid's bed. Your poor kid. I'm just imagining you uh, leg over the end of the bed, just snoring, and King's just sitting there playing with Legos, watching you. Uh, like, okay, can I go to sleep now? <laughs> You're not in- entirely wrong. I, his bed is very small, and it hurts my back quite a lot. Thankfully, it was only like a sh- like a short like fall asleep, wake up, like oh shit, I fell asleep instead of like falling asleep and being in there all night. So. I mean, admittedly, I, I, I wasn't here exactly on time, and I saw no message. Thought, huh. Check the phone, no message. Check to see if you're online, nope. Then I sit here and think, we were recording tonight, right? I mean, he did say, I uh, see it Tuesday. <laughs> it is Tuesday, I think. <laughs> Went to check with Anita. Anita, is it Tuesday? Yes, it's Tuesday. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Read a fucking calendar. No, my my kid is is at a, a a new inquisitive age. Like kids go through phases where they're curious about things, and my kid has very recently become curious in all of life's greatest, most existential questions. Like, is there a god? What happens if there is a god and you don't believe in him? What makes you a good person or a bad person? what do we do when people hurt each other on purpose? Like those types of questions. It's like gen- genuinely almost every day is a new question and they seem to escalate. So yay mm. parenting. But I have always encouraged him to ask any questions. Like don't be afraid to ask any questions just because you ask a question doesn't mean you're going to get in trouble or that I will, you know, belittle your thoughts or your views or your opinions. At least out loud. <laughs> yeah. And uh, see here for me, the worst thing my kids could do right now at the moment is uh, the damn cats get on the fucking kitchen counter again. Right. Oh my God. We're, we're trying to cut the dog's toenails and it is anywhere between like a hilarious farce because my dog it has outsmarted my wife at every turn, like getting treats and like escaping traps that (laughs) she's laid for her. So it's like the dog is outsmarted at every turn or it's like a horrible knockdown, like vicious fight. Cause Katie's like, come hold her down so I can cut her toenails. And I'm like, she's going to bite me. She's going to bite you. She's not going to like this. Not yet. 
I was like, why don't we just sedate her? Let's just get like some tranquilizer and knock her Uh, out. uh, Get get some CBD oil, right? Liquor her up. Yeah, get the dog fucking stoned. I I have a friend (laughs) that that her dog has huge anxiety problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much the dog is stoned for the entire month of July. Yeah, that makes sense. Just true. Uh, One thing, it's uh, late June. Next thing they know, it's like September. Uh, but yeah, well, with the kitten of oh, Shadow, well, one, he's a little cuddle bug uh, whenever you hold him and uh, get him going. So uh, we think that uh, Anita's sister, uh, they, they have a dog that they just got and honestly aren't treating it all that great. And we think that we picked up fleas from there because we didn't have a flea problem until they had that dog. So like one, uh, uh, caught the Adida over, right? Uh, to the mm-hmm. new world. So we've been battling fleas for the last, you know, like couple months. But Shadow, uh, he'll just fall asleep in my arms, go completely limp, uh, and let me brush him. And I've also made the habit of every time that I hold him, uh, to uh, manipulate his uh, feet and to uh, basically force his claws out, extend them uh, gently, of course, uh, to so that he's used to the idea of me uh, messing with his claws as well in case I ever have to cut them. So maybe that's something that you should look into is uh, eliminate the clippers for a short time and just get the dog used to you holding its feet. And I know cats and dogs, very different behavior sets most of the time, depending on the breed of dog. Because I swear there's a couple of breeds of dogs that's more like cat software and dog hardware. Uh, uh, get the dog used to uh, you working with its feet uh, a little bit before you know something traumatic like the like the Clippers, you know. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there because that's what I've been doing with him to uh, whatever I do anything with them. But he's like I said, he's also a little cuddle bug, so he'll just fall asleep on me. Uh, yesterday, I ended up brushing him for like a couple hours on and off because he just went to sleep. So just brush him as much as I could. Yeah. The the dog is not... She can be... Sometimes she feels a lot more like a cat than a dog, honestly. Like sometimes she's very cuddly when she wants to be. And the rest of the time, it's like, don't touch me. Go away. Don't touch me. Mm-hmm. She hates water unless it's like... Unless it's outside. Like inside... No, I only drink my water. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to bath. I don't want to play in it. I don't want to look at it or think about it. Go outside. Oh my God, water. Gross, muddy water. Absolutely, I'm a roll in that shit. That's the best right there. Gross, still water that's been in like the, the small plastic kids' pool for God knows how long because mm-hmm. it's been raining for two weeks. Yeah, I'm going to get it all up in that stank. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Shadow is like normal cat. He doesn't like uh, water. So, you know, if he uh, misbehaves like today, he got on the kitchen counter twice and jumped up on the trash can a couple times as well. A couple sprays and he's gone. Sunshine, she'll you squirt her and she just sits there like, yeah, and? <laughs> you basically have to get her wet enough that it gets to the undercoat or escalate. Like, I have a water gun that uh, I use on her because it 
puts enough water in one spot that she does not like it. <laughs> and I hate having to use it at times, but you know, sometimes you know you got to get the point across, right? Yeah. And and she's also almost knocked dinner off the kitchen counter before. She's jumped up on the kitchen counter when there's a knife there. So yo, got to be harsh on it. And I think she's slowly going to start growing out of it in the in the next couple of months because she's in that teenage phase of yo know, having to test me. Mm-hmm. I hope. Please grow out of it. Either that or we escalate and I go up to full super soaker. Never go full super soaker. Well, at least with that attitude. Yeah. Riley loves being sprayed with the hose outside. She hates a water bottle inside. Weird. Like just the teeniest spritz. And she's like, no, thank you. I will stop now. But you go outside and she's like, please spray me with the hose. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to attack like, it. Like, what's wrong with your dog? I don't know, man. Love her to death, though. I'm becoming the favorite over the here over the course of the last couple of days because I'm not torturing her with nail clippers. I take it the nails are bad. Yeah, they've gotten very long. And she, I mean, she runs and jumps and... She gets rough. We're we're thinking about, or well, Katie is thinking about getting one of those like little nail grinder things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, sure, something that makes noise. That definitely won't get her going. Yeah, no, I'm like, I mean, she doesn't like the clippers. I don't see how this is going to be better, but I guess whatever yeah. you think will work. Uh, hang on. Uh, uh, I wonder what the. Uh, Laws in Tennessee are for tranquilizer dart guns. <laughs> I would suspect you can get one, no problem. Let's see. <laughs> right. I mean, you can legally purchase and own assault weapons in Tennessee, so I'd be surprised if you couldn't get a dart gun, a tranquilizer dart gun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure foreign... Uh, Listeners are like, wait, you get assault rifles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Legally. Yeah. Yeah, that that Second Amendment is kind of crazy when you think about it, huh? Yep. But, eh, sensible gun control. Nah. Yeah, we, we need that Uzi, right? Yeah. Got to prove that you've got the biggest PP. Yeah, now time to go roll some coal. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Environmentalism responsibility fuck that shit (laughs) all right let's um do the video games part of the show hey rage do you want to talk about a game you played this week yeah i guess i could if it really comes down to it so uh i've been kind of retreading the last couple weeks one just getting tom in the game club game because you know it's a game that requires a lot of time and i enjoy playing so don't have a ton to talk about, but uh, last weekend, I, well, I saw on Reddit someone posting about a, a mobile game that looked kind of neat, and I checked it out. And it's called Windy Slider. And it plays a lot like you would expect, uh, like a more modern Mario Party minigame would be, where you're a random dude that's on this like little uh, half pipe that's uh, sliding along a rail and you have an umbrella and it's one of these uh, just tap games. So 
if you hold your guy gain some speed and if you release your guy kind of jumps and it doesn't sound too impressive but it has that kind of sense of speed that uh, i rarely find on mobile games so the whole idea is to, to get to the end and it's all against ai there's no uh, ads there's no multiplayer there's no paywalls free to download go nuts and it has the physics going for it that it makes it so that it's very easy to pick up and start doing fun shit like uh, going around a loop-de-loop uh, timing a jump just right so you launch yourself up and over this set of barricades and then catch the wind coming down so that you land perfectly on a on a slope to shoot forward. And the AI is actually not terrible in it where it'll actually get, give a somewhat competitive race, especially if you screw up and you know, like hit one of the barricades that uh, blocks that will that form or uh, uh, on the track at times, or uh, maybe miss time a jump. So you're not quite you know, going supersonic speed, but it's a neat little game. It, uh, it, like I said, it's a free download on, uh, on Android, at least I'm not sure if they have an iOS version and uh, it has enough progression where you, and enough. I'm pretty sure it's a chunk based uh, procedural generation where I've seen similar chunks of the track. And occasionally I'll hit a track that's very familiar. Like there's one setup that's pretty much like a drag race where it's just a series of very small uh, declines in, uh, you know, over in like 20 seconds while other races are, you know, upwards of a minute. And the only thing that you unlock, at least at the moment, are unlocking different colors of the palette uh, to be able to change the color of your guy. And sometimes you'll have like a mega race where it's instead of four racers, one on each pipe, there's a lot of racers, like 20 some uh, split between the four pipes. And occasionally the pipes will also come together into a single track, mm-hmm. but they also give you a priority. So if you bump someone, you know, you'll slow down, but you'll also knock them off the track. So it gives you a little bit of a strategic option of uh, if you're like in second or third. Uh, it, you know, do I want to bump this guy off and you know, definitely uh, go up a place, or do I want to try to pass them uh, and uh, keep my momentum going? But like I said, a very neat little game, uh, definitely worth checking out at some point. Yeah, especially if you want something that's like a minute time waster that's not chock full of ads and uh, loot boxes, at least at the moment. And even if you don't score all that well, uh, the scoring of the game is based on the amount of paint that you put on the rail. Uh, think of it sort of like Splatoon, mm-hmm. where as you grind along the rail, you're uh, painting it. Only you don't lose points for you know having it co- uh, covered over by another racer because that'd be silly, especially on some of the tracks where it all converges onto one rail. Uh, and at the end, uh, there's a board where uh, the further out you go it's semi-randomized there's a multiplier on it that can be between one to three with uh, one 1.5 two and three on it and depending on how fast you go you slide onto that and you get a multiplier but even if you don't score all that well uh, you still have that sense of accomplishment where 
It was very short. It was very fun. And even losing isn't that big a deal because it's such a short race. Uh, Like I said, very neat little game. And I'd like to see it developed a little bit more. Right now it's experimental uh, by uh, this game game dev, uh, Game Weather Studios. And the only thing else that they have on the Google Play Store right now is a knockoff of of a, a word game. So, right. Yeah. This looks like a neat game, though. Sounds like a neat game. I'll probably download it and check it out. Yeah, I bet your kid would absolutely love it. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, Especially if you have uh, a device that that he could just toy around with it on, huh? I haven't actually tried it on the Kindle. I've uh, side-loaded the Google Play Store on it. So I'm able to load normal Android apps. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Because it's uh, running the Fire OS, but the Kindle's recently updated, so I need to try more of those. Mm-hmm. But speaking of which, I do need to. Uh, oh, <laughs> I've got like twenty updates I need to do. I turned off auto update because, yeah. So is that? Yeah, I, I think that's okay. about it. There's not a ton to talk about. It's one of those games that's very easy to pick up. Uh, it doesn't have a incredibly high skill ceiling, but it's. Uh, satisfying enough that once you get going it's a hell of a lot of fun and i found myself just sitting in yep like okay one more race one more race one more race right that's a good that's that's good though that it that it keeps drawing you in like that yeah um yeah i mean it it sounded simple it looked simple but i didn't want to just be like all right so i'm gonna ignore any potential of the discussion about this and move to talk about my thing like I just wanted to be considerate. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we could talk about BattleTech now. <laughs> no, BattleTech not on the list for this week. I mean, I could talk about it if you want. I'm still <laughs> playing it. Um. No. So I started. Um. I played this game. I believe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um. Derail Valley. It's a first person. Um. Initially, sort of intended to be a VR only experience, but the game has really morphed. Um, to make it more accessible and playable, if you're if you don't have a VR headset, yeah, I think but I anyway, remember talking about it being very very tough to play without VR last time. Yeah, so th- there were two. Uh, the game has come a long way. Um, Derail Valley is a first person uh, train uh, driver simulator. Um, I mean, you and you do everything within the first person view it's intended to be done in vr um all of the controls of the train can be fully manipulated and um make real world sense if you like care about that kind of stuff like it feels as replicated as it can be like it's as close to the sim side as it can be without becoming overwhelming it's like if you want to start your train you know you click all the fuses to the correct position and you turn the flip the switch that starts the train but you don't have to like go in with like a technical manual and be like, all right, this one here and that one there. And in this order, it's like flip all the fuses on, turn it on and go. So it's like, it's got some sim aspects to it. Certainly more than just like, um, honestly, more than like train sim world, uh, which is interesting, but not as much as like, think like, you know, flight simulator, like where you can really get in there and be like, all right, I'm going to, tweak every single one of these dials and settings and change my readouts. And like, it's, it's not quite that in depth. Um, but you, uh, you 
there's a, a large map you can explore at any point in time. Um, you're not really limited in where you can go. There are some limits, um, which I'll get to in a second. But you take on jobs, everything from like shunting jobs at a a rail yard to short deliveries. There's long haul deliveries, um, and you like do the whole thing. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to take a delivery that goes from the steel mill to the harbor town. So it's like you go in and you pick up the contract, you see which cars you need to get. And, you know, the station is is arrayed and there's all the tracks and it's like, all right, I got to build the train. So you go and you uh, get, you know, say it's five cars and there might be three cars on one track and two on another. You get them, you put them together and like you do all this with like the shunting engine put them together, build the train. And then depending on where you're at in the game, you might have to use the small shunting engine to do the delivery, or you can get one of the larger trains. There's a big diesel train and a big, uh, steam engine. Um, certain deliveries definitely require you to use larger trains or to hook multiple of the smaller trains together in a multiple unit configuration, which actually works. you can control all of them from one train. Um, apparently, like people were doing that before and that functionality wasn't added. So you'd have to like hop back and forth between different engines to keep everything synced up. But anyways, and so you deliver the job um, to the, the Harbor and you might need to break it up and put specific cars on certain tracks for deliveries, or you might have to go to the um, unloading station and actually unload the train. And so it gets pretty in depth on, on that stuff. Um, one like it's big like it's two big things when this game was first announced released into early access or whatever was like vr cool stuff and and then physics like the game uses real physics and sometimes things can get a little wacky and you can get some train crashes and that's pretty oh, cool. the kraken train <laughs> yeah but i mean that was and intended as like you know you need to pay attention and and drive you know sort of kind of cautiously otherwise you'll cause uh train crashes but the physics when i played last time were off and it was way too easy to derail and when you did there was no way to fix it you just have to reload the entire map and start over um so that's where a a lot of of um work has been done since the last time i played is fixing the physics adding quality of life features like gradient um, like signs and speed limit signs to give you the player an idea of, you know, here's, here's what you can do to go through here safely. You know, you can push it uh, if you want to and, and you know the limits. And so far I haven't had any issues with that. Like if you stay at or below the posted speed limit, I haven't had a single crash in doing that. So they've really worked on and fixed, the physics of the game they've added progression like before you could you could take on these jobs and you earned money but aside from buying some little trinket type items like you could get like a golden pocket watch and a conductor's hat and some stuff like that like aside from that there was really no real point to the money um but now there's an entire progression system along buying licenses so that you can get um new trains like that's how you get access to the larger diesel engine and the steam train you have to take on jobs with small shunting engine um, and buy those licenses there's different contract license types like hazardous materials and um, military contracts so you have to buy into those contracts stuff like that i mean it works for the most part to provide a progression 
system to new players um, and sort of like there's a very basic tutorial, but it limits you, I think, in, in an appropriate manner, um, keeps you to doing small, simple, short point to point type jobs as opposed to getting into the supply and production chain stuff. Because you can take multi-part contracts. It's like, okay, so I'm going to start at the coal mine and pick up a load and then go to the iron mine and pick up a load there and then take it to the refinery, or not the refinery, the steel mill, unload those things, let it be produced into, you know, steel beams or pipes or whatever, and then take those to the goods factory and drop those off and then pick up some finished goods and take them to the harbor. Like, the, you know, there's super complex contracts that let you do that. But initially, you know, that would be overwhelming to a player who's just started and probably couldn't be completed anyways with the really small uh, shunting engine that you get. So it, it serves to help gate that stuff off pretty effectively. Although by the time you've gotten two or three of these licenses, I think that it should open up a lot more. Y- you have to get them in a specific order, which is kind of frustrating because it's like, well... I mean, I, I know what I want to do. I don't want to take on multiple contracts at once now. I, I want to get the steam engine so I can do the larger, more lucrative contracts. It's like, oh, you can't do that. You have to get the multi-part contract one before you can take on the steam engine. It's like, well, but I don't, I don't want to do that. So it, I, I wish that it was you could buy any license at any time. Or maybe like once you get some, you know, the, the three or four like basic licenses that you could just get any license you wanted at any point after that. That way you kind of prove like, okay, I get the basics. I'm going to keep playing this. Please let me go in the direction that I would really rather go instead of making me get these in order. And it doesn't tell you that until you go to buy a license. And it's like, oh, you can't do this. You need, you know, whatever previous license. So that's, that's frustrating. But otherwise, I, I think I said when I, when I talked about this game last time, like I saw that it had huge potential if they kept developing it. And I feel like that potential has been pretty fully realized. Like this is uh, playing it the first time. This it felt like a proof of concept, and now it feels like a really solid, well developed idea that now is sort of missing additional content. Like um, the map gets very stale and samey pretty quickly. Like it's a pretty large sprawling map, um, and it's well designed to sort of teach you the player the the layout so you don't have to constantly refer to your map when planning your routes you know you can say okay i'm going from you know the the harbor town to the steel mill so that means that i can either go this way or that way depending on how heavy the load is and or if there's a maybe there's a uh, a delivery bonus for getting it there in a certain period of time it's like okay well this route is the straighter route I could go faster there, more likely to get the time bonus. Like, you know, there's there's a little bit of variety in it like that. But for the most part, it's like, okay, if I'm going from point A to point B, I know that this is the way to go and I've learned the map. So there there needs to be more on, either more on the map, the map needs to be larger, or there need to be multiple maps. And then introducing some type of maybe growth, um, like directly fueled by the player actions, like maybe uh, sort of like a a set of story contracts or something like that. That's like, okay, if you do these contracts, these towns will grow or new things will appear on the map. Like something like some content along those lines, I think would be perfect. Otherwise it's just a a sandbox game 
that after a little while, it's you know, when you've seen and you've done it all, unless you're just looking for a, a relaxing first person train driving experience, there's really nothing left there. And they've talked about adding um, like a snowy map or maybe like different weather to the map, which would change, um, you know, conditions for driving and some things like that, um, which I would welcome that as well. But it, it feels like a really solid concept. And it, 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 that might sound like I'm being negative on it. I've played it for about 10 or 12 hours in the last week. Um, and I like I keep wanting to go back to it. Like I'm enjoying it. The well hasn't run dry yet. But I, I could see it in another maybe 10 or 15 hours running dry. Which depending on what your your gaming needs are. The kind of stuff that you're into. Like that's about 20 to 25 hours worth of content. I'm so not basically it's somewhere in the middle of like Euro Truck Simulator and uh, Spin Towers? Yeah, it's somewhere in between the two of those. That's a that's a good way to, to sort of frame it. Because Euro Truck, I mean, you can play for hundreds of hours across those sprawling maps and all the different, you know, like everything. And this doesn't have quite as much, but it's a lot lot larger and there's a lot more there than say a single map on spin tires but it's also a lot more chill than spin tires it's yeah it's very chill um i my kid the reason i started playing again was my kid was like hey daddy i want to you know learn how to play a new game i'm like well what's a game that i can teach you how to play even though you can't like fully read my kid's reading skills are growing on a regular basis like he's getting better but he can't sit down and read a sentence like you know, you or I could if he's never reckon, you know, seen it before. Oh, I'll bold of you to assume I could read. <laughs> um, but, he, you know, it, it takes him a really long time to read through new sentences, which is part of the learning process, but that's also extremely frustrating for learning how to play a new games. So I'm like, you know what? I can teach him how to play this. He doesn't really need to, to read anything. I can build up some money for him, and then, you know, I can give him a copy of the save file. That way he can kind of do whatever he wants. And then let them derail the valley. Indeed. But we started doing team driving. Um, we'll, we'll discuss contracts and which one to take. And then we'll pick, take the contract. And then I'll do a lot of the shunting work around the yard. Um, because again, those can feel very much like puzzles that you need to solve based on limitations of the yard design, the type of train you're using, sort of your play style, um, and how you kind of tackle these problems. So I'll I'll sort of get the train ready to go, and then he'll be the one who handles the the point to point transportation, and then we get to the other end if there's shunting where that needs to be done. I do that as well, and that has been a lot of fun. It's very it's a very cooperative collaborative experience between the two of us. We did crash. Um, there's a couple of hidden areas where that you can unlock secrets that are not telegraphed to you the first time you go through. So we were. Um, traveling from one of the sawmills to one of the logging yards. And we'd been doing like a couple of back and forth contracts. And we wound up on this side route um, because our train was turned the wrong direction. Like it was too long to turn around. And so we had to take like this awkward side route. And then suddenly there's like a, a junction and it's not on the map. And we're like, well, I don't know which way to go. We're barreling through here at like 40 miles an hour because the track up to that point was straight and then it like veers off to the left and to the right. And it's like, well, I guess we'll just roll the dice and we chose poorly. 
and crashed into a shed and like destroyed our train and our cargo had to be rescued. That was fun though. It was still fun, but yeah, derail Valley, um, uh, a much more fully fleshed out and working concept, um, of a game. If it's the sort of stuff that you're into, it's, I don't know if there's anything else like it in the, uh, you know, the train sim space. Cause kind of train sim world is the only other game that has survived into the modern gaming era that provides anything like this. But I mean, you can get in and out of the trains. You're actually having to do, you know, like I said, the hooking and the unhooking all of your cars and all of the yard work. Like it's, a uh, pretty seamless experience to do all of it. Whereas like my experience with Tramson world is more of like you go to a menu, you pick a route you want to run, you run that route and then you're done. And then you go back to the menu and you pick the next one. Whereas this one is, you know, fully integrated. So I wish I had a VR headset because you can see in the, the game uh, trailers and footage, how you're um, the, player with the VR headset is, you know, picking up and setting down their map on the train or attaching it to like a billboard so that they can, or not a billboard, but like a cork board so that you can turn and look at it. And all of that stuff is there without a VR headset, but it would be a lot smoother with one um, and a lot more immersive of an experience. This is probably like one of the games that would sell me on VR and I think I would be much more into the experience there. Like, it's good. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, they've made it very playable without VR. But it would be much better with VR. But still, I mean, it's uh, 20 bucks on Steam. If this is the kind of thing that you're into, it's a very unique experience. It, I think it's worth the 20 bucks. I mean, it's easily got 25-ish hours of content. Easy. Um, more than that, if you're really into it so good game i like it well okay so not too much derailing in the valley but some right some indeed i just take a drink of water so a couple like i guess a short games played section this week but that's okay um so that's not always bad no I i didn't have a ton to talk about mom but there wasn't a lot to talk about in the middle of all of it, I remembered another one, but I'll save it for next week. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on then to do the news. And our first news topic of the night, CSGO cheaters punished with fake cheat software. Yeah, th- this was just amusing to me. And it's kind of a nice follow-up from last week where we talked about the bots. So this one was uh, essentially a single vigilante. All right. We found Batman. He has a YouTube channel. Uh, this is someone that's been doing this for quite a while, it seems, based on their YouTube videos. And it's just like, either this is the first time I've seen it really get on big enough that it popped up on my news feeds or if it's just I missed it before. So there's a particular YouTuber. I actually have to go look at this guy again because... No thanks, I'll keep blocking ads because... Uh, ads are the devil. That's right. Um, uh, script kid. Okay, and he bought Google Ad Space for free CSGO cheats. 
and created a fake cheat engine that does various humorous things to the cheaters, like making them jump off particular maps um, uh, at certain points where they uh, could uh, it'll, uh, uh, blind the player for a short time and make them throw away their weapon off the map, uh, randomize their key, uh, their uh, inputs, make it sound like uh, they're actually uh, they're firing guns when they can't. Uh, if uh, if they're zoomed in with a sniper scope, uh, they'll hear a gunshot sound and see the muzzle flash, but it won't actually give the input to fire the gun. So they're standing there with a sniper war firing blanks. Uh, it does a reverse speed hack at times where it slows down the player's inputs. I mean, it's just random hilarity and oh and whenever they uninstall the game it actually activates a well-known cheat to buy valve and causes their account to get back banned <laughs> right yeah this is hilarious yeah i strongly recommend people to go check out the video for this uh that that is on the uh uh the uh article that's going to be in the show notes and they did it before with uh, PUBG, but this is the uh, CSGO version of it. Uh, making them drop weapons. Uh, oh, if they try to open up a door, they just hear a knocking sound and it doesn't open up doors. And it's just hilarious. And this is, a, I think this is a better way to deal with cheaters, honestly. I mean, it's sad that Google has to get involved and get money off this to promote it, but to push forward fake cheats to get people banned and uh, to frustrate cheaters. Oh, yeah. and also whenever the match is done, it, the software also uh, emails or uh, sends a copy of the recording of the match to the person, uh, to the, to script kid so that he can laugh at it and improve the cheats, the cheat and massive sarcasm quotes software. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm I'm got the video just playing here, kind of watching it. Um, it's mm-hmm. like it's a ten minute YouTube video. Yeah, the uh, first like half of it is explaining exactly uh, how it works and what's the various things it does. Like, uh, if you pull out a Molotov, it uh, makes it as you're throwing it immediately look down at your feet so you catch yourself on fire. <laughs> uh, I yeah. think my favorite one that I saw scroll by was the one where he goes through like a trigger point and a guy throws his weapon off the map. Yeah. And like you, can, it's it's like from um, a yeah, bird's third eye per- view. Yeah, third person. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's obvious what happened, but the thing is that whenever that happens, the uh, the player gets blinded for a short time uh, with their own uh, flashbangs, so uh, they don't see what happened. So they're just randomly flashbanged, and now they suddenly just have their knife. Yeah, but it's funny to watch that because it's like the guy like picks up his gun. Or goes through the trigger point, throws the gun away, and then is the the player is like looking around, like where did my gun go? What happened? Like you can almost like picture it, like <laughs> hey, man, where did my gun go? I just it was yeah. just right here. I went through the door, man, and it disappeared. <laughs> oh, like that's what I you know thinking or, in my head watching or it. Or also the whole you know uh, going up to a door and trying to open it and just hear a knocking sound, right? <laughs> yeah. Cheat stuff dealing with cheaters though. Like this was, um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it briefly because I saw a thing, um, 
Cheater Island on uh, uh, Fall Guys. Fall Guys, thank you. My, my brain wanted to say The Bean Guys because on a couple of podcasts that I listen to, like specifically the Podquisition, they call them the Little Beans instead of, you know, like Fall Guys players or whatever. It's like, yeah, they're like Little Bean Guys. So my brain is like, oh, yeah, the game with the well, Little Bean Guys. Well, that's not untrue. That's yes, yes. But anyways, Fall Guys, um, the devs posted a massive like Twitter thread um, about their anti-cheat measures and how they were uh, have spent since like the game launched, like refining their system. Yeah, I don't think they really counted on how much people are going to cheat in the game. That's really of little importance to win because uh, the the winning it just gives you currency for the uh you know cosmetics but you get it for leveling up as well so mm. yeah but anyways they have been um just like reading through that thread how they detailed their saga of putting uh people on cheater island and how they were sort of monitoring and tracking cheaters for a long time and sort of perfecting their anti-cheat algorithm to snatch these players up and put them into cheaters only queues and in the beginning, how that like there weren't enough people to populate a queue for a region. So for a while, if you were a cheater, you couldn't play a game because there weren't enough people in the region in the cheaters only queue to populate a game. So for a while, like it killed the game for people who were cheating. And then cheaters started to figure out ways around it and the way they combated that. Just like if that's something that any, I think, competitive multiplayer game goes through but to have the devs sort of call it out in such a comical fashion like i think that the fall guys devs have been yeah i do have a lot of respect for the fall guys devs just because of uh, especially how they handled the uh basically all the uh, different companies wanting to get their stuff in they used it as a way to get money for charity Mm -hmm. so massive respect there yeah, but I, I I just I love the attitude with which they talk about this stuff and present it because it's like, hey, this is a problem that all these companies deal with, and why anti cheat software gets developed, and it's not perfect, but you know we're trying, and some companies are more scummy about it than others, but we're trying really hard not to be scummy. Like I like it, I liked it a lot. I did like the the idea though of like them calling it like yes, Cheaters Island, where you got a special crown that was. Exactly like the other crown, but filled you with a sense of shame. <laughs> It'd be oh, hilarious if the cheater's crown it can give you a point for uh, your crowns. But I think that would tip things off a little bit too much. Yeah, but I, I back to the idea of of this, like this guy doing this. Like, I mean, if I had the skills and the money to do it, I would do something like this. I mean, it didn't sound like it took a lot to really get to the front of the queue with Google play or Google, uh, 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 ad space. Yeah. Well, having, having created like Google ads for like our show and stuff, mm-hmm. um, you can yeah, which be, we probably, which we probably need to do again at some point. Huh? Yeah. You can be very specific. And so, you know, with, a couple thousand dollars if you're very specific with the type of keywords and things that you're using you can have a a pretty good chance of of getting it in front of the eyeballs that you want it to be i mean you know for for probably for worse or for worse like when a company has so much data on people you can do 
a good job of making sure that the most likely eyeballs are going to see your content. Um, but I mean, it's, it's doable. I mean, you know, we've spent, uh, probably collectively only like a hundred bucks on Google ads over the years. But every time yeah. we do an ad campaign, we see a pretty big spike in viewership for a little bit, like for us, you know, and yeah. it's, like a, it's like, a you know, just using the right types of keywords to put it in search history and in ad, you know, ad spaces and whatnot. Like, yeah, I think it's time for another uh, <laughs> ad campaign, huh? Sure. Just saying, thinking about it. We can run one. Ad campaign, but Uh, of course it's not going to be CSGO cheaters because fuck those guys. No, but yeah, if I had the skills and the cash to do this, like I absolutely would. Like I'm not a big fan of you know trolling and you know all this shit, but it's like if you're trolling the trolls, like absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, this is people going out of their way for it as well. I mean, right? Yeah. Going for free cheats, you know, got it. yeah, right, yeah. I could just picture. I just wish my, it, uh, it's just a shame that he doesn't get the voice chats, huh? Yeah, in my mind, it's like kids, you know, like in my mind, it's always like a 10 year old kid being like, What the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be like these great cheats. What's going on, man? Like, I could just like picture that, and it's <laughs> it's that's probably somewhat true. But I bet it's way more like angry, like <laughs> twenty and thirty somethings. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not the right game, but uh, Adidas brother-in-law, uh, he really likes uh, certain, uh, certain games like Call of Duty and uh, it, uh, the game cheats <laughs> because, of course, it does, right? Yeah, I, I, I was, I was never that player. Like, if I said, like, I was like, man, that really feels like lag or, like, you know, somebody's cheating. Like, I actually meant it. Because most of the time, I'd be like, you know what? I fucked that up. I fucked up. I wasn't being careful enough. I wasn't paying attention. And, I mean, I'm that way to this day. Like, Yeah. Well, my problem was a lot of times that I uh, like to play more team-focused games. Like, the multiplayer game or multiplayer shooter I played the most was Team Fortress 2. And... There was times that you would just get people that were dicking around. And if they did that, you know, there's no way to win. Yeah. But then you're a tryhard if you're telling uh, the sandwich heavy to you know, actually shoot people. Which sounds a little odd out of context, but... Uh, eh. <laughs> Video games. Video game logic. Ding. Ding. Yeah. I played um, not too many team-focused games then you know, Halo and COD and stuff. It's like, you know, if you're doing an objective game type, push the objective, but otherwise like not a lot of coordination in that. Cause most of the time it's, you're playing deathmatch, So it's like, just kill more people. Yeah. Uh, most of the games I like to play, it wasn't straight up deathmatch. So, uh, I mean, you know, killing the other team was obviously part of it, but, uh, like, uh, payload where you had to push a cart uh to a destination and if people aren't on the cart for a certain amount of time it starts slowly going backward Uh, which if you've played overwatch this may sound familiar because you know this is where that game mode as far as i know originated uh and it goes back to a checkpoint and uh, the checkpoints are usually heavily contested and heavily defended you know 
but if people go off and do their own thing too much, you know, there's not enough people on the cart to move it forward and not enough defense on it. So, yeah. Uh, trying to, I've never really played games that were just straight up deathmatch. It was always some sort of game mode. So, so maybe that's part of my problem, right? Maybe. But yeah, I mean, the game, the three games that I played most, you know, when I was a big multiplayer gamer were Halo, you know, the Halo franchise, Call of Duty franchise, and Gears of War. Uh, well, I guess multiplayer for me would be my two real stints in MMOs and uh, Team Fortress 2 are the ones that really jump out to me. Yeah. Which all three are at least, at some degree, uh, team-focused or coordination-focused. And that's usually what happened was that either, uh, let's see, EverQuest, it, uh, I just didn't play politics enough in the guild. And I basically uh, got replaced because I didn't suck up to the guild leader enough. And the server I was on was pretty dead for guilds that were in my range of uh, progression. So either I would have to get brought into a higher level guild yeah, that's the annoying thing about EverQuest was they never really reset the progression. So even when new expansions came out, you had to do at least some of the progression in the previous expansions to be able to do the raid content. And in a way, it made it uh, it made sense where it didn't never made the old content completely irrelevant. But at the same time, it made it so that you can't really just skip ahead. You had to play through you know like fifteen expansions worth of content even though there's a lot of people that had already developed all the strategies and uh, you know, you know what you're getting into. Uh, but because uh, I was kind of late to the game on EverQuest, there was you know, only a handful of guilds that were doing progression from essentially the bottom up. And you know, if you didn't play politics in them, you know, you, you got left behind and that's what happened to me there. And in uh, world of Warcraft, just, uh, it's going to sound like a, a, yeah, me being an elitist asshole, but they basically, uh, my guild opened up uh, the uh, recruiting a little bit too much and brought in people that uh, wouldn't put in the effort for even the most basic of boss fights. So, yeah, we were wiping on stuff that really we shouldn't have. And it just got frustrating to, you know, spend all night on a boss that uh, was very, had very simple mechanics. Yeah, I didn't really think about my time with MMOs, although I was, for the most part, the most MMOs I played were in college, as opposed to the, the like, when I was in, you know, playing most of these other multiplayer games was like high school times for, you know, I know, I know get off my lawn, all that jazz. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bae, but... You know, that's I mean, that was what I was playing in like high school. And then I played some MMOs like I played WoW and stuff in, in high school and whatnot. But it was I wasn't like super big into that until later on. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's uh, plenty of uh, cheaters in MMOs. I remember in World of Warcraft, there was uh, a open world PVP area that had essentially the uh, big uh, uh, uh cache of uh, resources that you had to get there was at least uh some uh, uh sort of uh crafting material that you had to get from there as well and there was um uh, always uh, like one person flying under the world uh, where one 
uh, the uh, uh, world PvP areas typically knock you off flying mounts, and two you would just you know qu- uh, gather resources faster than you should be able to gather them, and just flood the market, uh, and just you know, make it so that. Uh, it was either worthless or they were the only ones actually making money on crafting. And uh, World of Warcraft also made it where if you weren't doing crafting to get money, you were pretty much just having to grind out certain areas, and that got boring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, cheaters uh, cheaters suck all over. I mean, uh, uh, short of the only thing I would like to see, all right? Uh, this would be a lot more interesting to me than, you know, COD uh, uh, um, uh, pro gaming with the uh, aim assist, which uh, that that's that was actually a thing that popped up on my news feed, but I didn't put it on the show notes because uh, the Call of Duty uh, World Championships are going to PC, but they're not allowing mouse and keyboard. They're they have to use controllers. Uh, Why? Have... <laughs> Why? <laughs> If you're gonna put it on PC. What? Why hamstring the players? Because aim assist. Eh. I, I think I just broke Jared. I think it was Call of Duty. I could be mistaken on that one. Uh, I, I would love to see a cheaters uh, esports. Get all the cheating teams and see who can out cheat the others. Yo, know, maybe have to set some sort of ground rules so that there, you can't just have like instant win uh, scenarios. I have like you know the wall hackers uh, face off against one another that sort of thing. Even though I realize that yeah, the people that are using cheats uh, to that degree, you know, are not the most skilled of players most of the time, right? Right. Uh, it'd still be hilarious. Uh, sort of like the idea of the Olympics, but let uh, all the uh, uh, steroids uh, be uh, allowed just out in the open. Yeah, I've always wanted to see one of those. Olympics or sports leagues. It's like you want to you want to roid up. Go for it. I mean, let's be honest. The, the Russian teams they're already roided up uh, to some degree. They're just tied again. So, uh, uh, yeah, we've gotten pretty far off topic, huh? <laughs> indeed. So let's head over to our second news topic. EA Play is added to Xbox Game Pass, as well as the Game Pass price increasing as it comes out of its. Beta, beta period yeah so i mean we knew this was coming sooner or later game pass uh has been in beta for a year and some change now two years mm-hmm. so it coming out of beta and it's not that huge of a price increase all right everybody's talking about how game pass is doubling in price you know it make it sound a lot worse than what it is it's going from five to ten or five or 4.99 to uh, to 9.99 it's not exactly you know, you know going from like ten to thirty or something or ten to twenty, you know. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of fear mongering on the uh, titles for this. I still think it's well worth ten bucks a month. I think that's a real sweet spot for uh, the amount of gameplay you get. Just think about this: that's less than two AAA games a year, and there's plenty of AAA quality games that are put on Game Pass each month. Yeah, if you only play one or two games a month on Game Pass, I mean, really, only one game a month on Game Pass, one new game a month, you're you're getting at minimum that value that you would be spending 
but I mean, you know, we play more than that. I mean, usually we play two or three games a month at least. Yeah, I've been a little lax on Game Pass lately, but I've also been using Microsoft Reward Points to uh, uh, to get essentially free months. So I'm actually uh, uh, signed up for all the way to the end of the year uh, on uh, just that. I cashed in as much as I could to uh, make sure that I'm ahead as much as I can be on that before they increase the price. I'm not sure if it would affect Microsoft rewards or not, but I mean, I'm just looking at this, uh, the new Resident Evil uh, 7 Biohazards on here, recently added. World War Z, Crusader Kings 3, which I've toyed around with a little bit. Uh, Tell Me Why. Um, Battletoads. Okay, that might be a strike against uh, Game Pass there. <laughs> uh, Spirit Fair. I mean, that's just on the recently added and most popular uh, Horizon, uh, uh, or, or, sorry, Forza Horizon 4, uh, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, uh, Dead by Daylight, Gears 5, Golf with Friends, Grounded, uh, Halo, Microsoft Flight Sim. I mean, there's plenty on here for pretty much everyone. It'd actually be, it'd be impressive to see somebody look at the Game Pass library and say there's absolutely nothing for them. Yeah, because it covers a wide breadth of of games. Even, genres. Uh, unless they're like a super, super niche player. But even then, it's tough for me to even think of a niche that's not represented in some degree. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I still need to get around to playing uh, Flight Simulator. I need, I'm going to break out my, my HOTAS for that because I, I oh, put my HOTAS away. Thank you. Put my hotels away uh, earlier this year and get it back out, play Flight Sim. Yeah, I would say just go ahead and download it because it's quite the download. Yeah. And then I started playing Spirit Fairs, but I didn't I haven't played it enough to you know, I didn't play it enough to feel like comfortable talking about it on the show, but probably next week I'll I'll be talking about Spirit yeah, Fairs. But yeah, I played a little bit of uh Crusader Kings three. I I haven't played really much of Crusader Kings two. I need to actually go do that we've been playing trail makers which is on off game pass uh we've had what two game club games this year or three that have yeah. been from game pass yeah or at least uh playable on there yeah because do, 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 let me go over to the game pack or game club list uh so hang on is that on here uh city skylines is on game pass so the current one I was pretty sure it was on here. Uh, I don't think Red Faction Guerrilla is. Gears Tactics is. Uh, Tyranny, we got through uh, the Twitch Prom. Void Bastards, but, we but played. I, I know it was on here at, some, at one point, but I think it's gone off Game Pass. Um, Outer Worlds was Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Where the water tastes like lawn, even though it's gone off Game Pass since then. Uh, Yakuza Zero is Game Pass, even though I played it off Game Pass. So quite the few, actually, huh? Yeah. And uh, one of the upcoming ones, I think, was available on Game Pass. I'm not sure if it's still on there. I don't think it is anymore. I know it was, though, because I originally saw it on there. And Game Pass has also uh, released the, their cloud as well, so you can uh, you can play a lot of this on uh, uh, mobile. But unfortunately, I don't 
have that just yet. Uh, I think that's limited to the ultimate, which is uh, the $15 a month, but that's not such the jump anymore, is it? No, it's not. Um, but, you know, speaking of all of these games, like that's, you know, a good segue to the part A, part B, whatever of this topic, which is mm-hmm. um, the EA Play is being added to Game Pass. Now, we've kind of ignored that, haven't we? Uh, so this is the lesser version that's also on Steam, if I'm, uh, if I'm correct. So this is uh, EA's first party stuff. Uh, but it's less of a kick in the teeth if it's essentially a free add-on, right? Yeah, yeah, which it seems like it is. Um, but this is the the cheaper version of uh, EA Play, um, which gives you full access to their back catalog, or it, most of their back catalog. I think some games can be excluded from that, uh, but it, it's you know sort of full unlimited access to those games and the new titles you get um 10 hours to play them and then you can decide if you want to buy them or not mm-hmm. i don't know how that's supposed to work through game pass um, uh, might be the discount as well uh, yeah but d- 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 i'm trying to find a, a full game list assuming of course it's uh, uh okay here it goes uh so, of course, this is the master list that uh, is not exactly helpful because it's uh, the EA Play from uh, Origin, but yeah, the Mass Effect series, uh, Titanfall 2, A Way Out. I'm just picking uh, some of these at somewhat random. Um, I'm not sure if this is the console or the uh, or PC version. I'm thinking it's the console version, but Sims 4, which was given away for free, but eh. Anthem, there you go, right? Woo. Uh, Rocket Arena, which is actually uh, being given away on Twitch right now. Uh, Twitch Prime. Uh, you should probably go grab it if you want to grab it. I'm opening up the Origin app. Right oh, okay. Now. Okay, I found this. Uh, uh, as with many things, uh, PC Gaming Wiki definitely uh, should have went there. So, uh if it's the same as Steam's, I'm going to read down the entire list. So, A Way Out, Battlefield 1, 3, 4, Hardline 5, Burnout Paradise, Crisis, Crisis 2, Crisis 3, Dead Space 1, 2, and 3, Dragon Age 2, Inquisition, Origins, uh, Fee, or maybe it's Iron, I don't know, uh, Jade Empire Special Edition, Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, and Andromeda, uh, Medal of Honor 2010, Medal of Honor Airborne, Mirror's Edge, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Deep for Speed 2010, Heat, Payback, Rivals, Hot Pursuit, Must Win in the 2012 version, Peggle, Peggle Knights, uh, Plants vs. Zombies, Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for Abraville, Rocket Arena, uh, Sea of Solitude, SimCity 4, Spore, oh, that, there's a kick in the teeth, huh? Uh, Star Wars Battlefield uh, 2015, Star Wars Battlefront, or sorry, Star Wars Battlefront 2015, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Sims 3, 4, Titanfall 2, Unravel, and Unravel 2. Now that is the list that's specifically coming to... That is the Steam version of it. Okay. Uh, so if if it's the same as the Steam version, that's the list. Okay, so I'm looking at um, 
origin on origin right now like i like i said i open up the app and i'm looking at the list and it's much 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 larger yeah uh there's uh going over to pc gaming wiki there's a list of game of uh, ea play games and the thing is that uh, i believe this article said 90 games uh let me go back over here which uh leads me to or sorry play over 60 of ea's titles which me which leads me to believe it's the steam exclusive uh list which isn't quite as great but still a, a fair amount of things to pick up from there yeah and there's quite a few games that i've been wanting to i mean a like, way out is one i've been wanting to play yeah way out um i've wanted to go back and replay the mass effect trilogy i mean so not new but i don't own those on pc so um that would be a convenient way titanfall 2 we wanted to play titanfall 2 um i wouldn't i would like to check out the single player stuff in battlefront like i never in a million years would i buy it but if i have access to play it through here i would i would check that out and there's some other stuff that i would you know go in and play and check out right off the bat all right that's for i'm thinking it might be something a, a bit between the origin list and the steam list because i'm just sitting here counting them off uh there's 48 uh listed here on the steam list and that's not 60 so we might see some other stuff or it might be included somewhere else right uh but yeah it's just it's kind of strange. I mean, you. I'm not sure why they did uh, such a oddball list for uh, e, uh, EA Plus. Or sorry, e, uh, EA. Well, here's the thing: it's EA Plus on Steam. It's not EA Play. So, right? Yeah. Probably just, those little distinctions make it easy for them to say, like, "Oh no, this is mm-hmm. this instead of that," and that's why you don't have X or Y yeah. game. But I also noticed that, a, a, well, a lot of them are older games, but they also skip a lot of the sports exclusive ones, huh? Or, or pretty much all the sports games. So no FIFA 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, all right? Even though I'm yeah. not actually sure if that's actually even available. In, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's actually available on PC. I was just double checking that one. So I have a feeling that it's going to be a bit more than the Steam list at the very least, just based on some of the announcements. And it's been very vague, you know, somewhere around the holidays. Uh, Yeah, the Steam list is 47. EA Play on uh, Origin is 217, with the Pro being uh, 248 with additional content and eight other games. So I'm not sure just what what the distinction is between... uh, but their this announcement and what they've offered on other platforms, but it is interesting to see EA play ball on other platforms as well. Because remember, the, uh, not too long ago, they were yo know, all about yo know, taking our ball and going uh, to play on Origin. Yeah, I think they've realized, uh, along with, well, I, I suppose from a, a different perspective, but they've realized like limiting themselves at this point is only costing them money and opportunities to make money. You know, we've seen it with um, Microsoft, you know, over the last couple of years, like, fuck it, let's just put everything on PC. And now Sony, it looks like, is going like, oh, hey, 
I can do the same thing. I can put stuff on PC and people will buy it there that wouldn't buy it because they don't own and aren't interested in owning a PlayStation. Because, I mean, you know, if you make it easy for me to get something, I'll buy it instead of going through the hassle to pirate it and or emulate it or whatever. Like, if I can just buy it and play it, I'll do that because it's easier. Mm-hmm. And I'm fucking lazy. And I, I think more really? people out there are, yeah, I think more people out there are like me on that front. So, you know, I don't want to have a bunch of, like, separated stuff. Like, I don't want to have, like, 14 launchers and 27 apps because I'm fucking lazy. Most of my games are on Steam anyways, for better or for worse. So, Well, well uh, like uh, uh, Gaben said at one point, piracy is not a loss. Well, he said piracy is a service problem. Uh, you're making it too hard for legitimate customers to actually play your game, so they're going to go steal them. Uh, not in, yeah, a little bit more eloquently than what I said, but at the same time, you know, uh, that still holds true. It's If it's very easy to just buy a game, especially on sale, I'll pick up the game instead of going through the hassle of downloading a ROM for a, you know, a retro game or buying it uh, or, or you know, getting it a, a, a pirated version. Yeah. I mean, that's where kind of Nintendo has a, uh, an interesting place where you know you could uh, get yeah some of the old uh, Nintendo stuff for pretty much dirt cheap, but then there's other stuff that they decide, eh, eh, no, yeah, that that's a premium product. That's going to be yeah, fifteen bucks. And it just makes me scratch my head, you know. Yeah, like I picked up uh, Zelda Oracle of uh, uh, Ages or sorry Oracle of Seasons for like six or seven. Uh, on sale and uh, looking at some of the other Zelda titles, it's you know, from almost as old, if not older. It's a hell of a lot more expensive because they're the more popular Zeldas. You know, like A Link to the Past is, I think, 15. Uh, just double checking my price there, which I realized. Da-da-da. Okay, there we go. Um, uh, is oh I fucking hate uh, Nintendo side. Okay, so it's eight, so it's not as expensive. Yeah, oh, no, no, it's the sequel uh, that they uh, produced later on, digital only. That's uh, fucking expensive. Uh, that's where I was getting that uh, that one. But yeah, it's just Nintendo has certain games that they have a premium on, and others that they just you know will just go dirt cheap for, and it's just really no rhyme or reason. Like uh. Yeah, Legend of Zelda: A Link Between Worlds is still twenty bucks. Uh, Legend or uh, Hyrule Warriors Legends is uh, still forty, even though it was released almost five years ago now. Legend of Zelda: Triforce Heroes forty dollars. It was released in two thousand fifteen, right? <laughs> yeah, just what the fuck. And these are all DS titles, mind you. Oh, I hate the uh, browser the Nintendo Store. I, you click on show all Zelda titles and it uh, suddenly it's like, oh, wait, I don't know what you're talking about. Zelda, who's this? I thought it was Link. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I have a severe hatred for the Nintendo store at times, but yeah, that's beside the point. Indeed. Um, Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add to this one. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much done there. 
So, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what they add uh, to it. And, yeah, I think Game Pass is worth 10 bucks a month. It's hard to argue not, right? 100% agree. I'm going to keep it when it goes to, you know, 10 bucks a month. So, two thumbs up. Yay. All right. Did I don't think we did, but did we have anything? Uh, not that I saw. I checked the mailbag. Uh, scared a few months. Uh, there was no tweets that I saw. So yeah, if you wish to contact us, VGL Podcast at gmail dot com or VGL Podcast on the Twitter. I'm just going to go double check the Twitter just to make sure. Nope, the burb is still dead. <laughs> tweet tweet. All right. Well then. Uh... Want to run through a quick discovery queue? That sounds good to me. And as per usual, I have one already loaded up and sitting there on the first decent one. So, Desura for Complete Plus. This is a game series I've never really played. I know it's on uh, on Game Pass as well. I'm not sure if it's the Complete Plus version. But uh, Tactical R- uh, RPG... Uh, Sort of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics-esque from everything that I gathered. So, yeah, very worthwhile checking out if you're looking for something, uh, well, a bit more tactical than your typical RPG um, uh, fighting mechanics. And I'm not sure if you need to play the previous ones to actually know what the fuck is going on or versus like Final Fantasy where you uh, each one is pretty much independent of one another. Yeah, I've never played this series in particular, but typically... It looks like it's been recently ported, so... Yeah, typically with these games, or this type of game, you don't have to... You can know a little bit more if you've played the previous ones, but I I don't know. I couldn't say for sure. Um, So I got uh, Star Renegades, which looks really fascinating. Like It's pixel art, roguelike, JRPG... Um, but like futuristic, uh, like sci-fi, cyberpunky esque. I don't know exactly how to describe this game in a more cohesive manner, but it looks fucking yes. cool. Yeah, I, I think, I think I saw on this on Game queue. Pass. I think this was on my discovery queue a while back, but yeah, our, our role is pretty much only the week of so. But yeah, I'm pretty sure this is on Game Pass. I'm going to have to download this and give it a shot. It looks okay. fascinating. I have the app up, so I could go double check if you want to fill time a little bit. Um, I mean, you could if you wanted. I've also got Game Pass. Well, yes, it is. It's on the recently added list. So Star Renegades. I'm going to be yeah. checking that one out. Hey, <laughs> one, you know, ringing endorsement for Game Pass there. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. Uh, Star Renegades is twenty five bucks uh, by itself, right? Yeah. So if you play it for two months, you're still out ahead. Well, I see that you got my next, the one that I was about. to Yeah. Play. So I got Kingdoms of Armlore re re reckoning, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, a remaster of Kingdoms of Armlore. Very mixed reviews. I think some of it might just be because. People that bought it before are getting a little bit shafted and have to buy it again because, yeah, it's uh, we've been a little bit spoiled by some game developers and publishers just giving the remaster version out. 
I've never actually played this uh, game, so I'm going to leave it to you a little bit. Yeah, uh, I've played Kings of Amalur all the way through, um, not not the remaster, the original. Although, mm-hmm. from what I've heard, the remaster is much more of a remaster in the literal sense. Um, it, I think there were some small bug fixes and small changes made to it, but for the most part, it's, you know remastered so it, it looks prettier and stuff has been up and things like that it's a really good sort of double a level type of game um that feels a bit mmo-esque at times in the way that it's it's quests are designed but it's got a really good action combat system um with uh, it's sort of like party pieces that you can respect your character at any time um, with no penalty so you know you can pursue a single tree you can mix and match and if something's not working just pull all your points out and try something different um, but it, it's it's a really good game the storyline is pretty bog standard in terms of like fantasy RPG type stuff but that's I mean that's not a bad thing like it's not a bad story it's just you know if you've played this type of game before you can probably guess a lot of the plot points but it's got a really big fully realized world um just a solid game but it's it's like you know it's it's good but nothing like super special aside from the combat system being fluid um and good and then the ability to respect whenever you want without penalties is nice um i think a lot of people were expecting this to be some kind of yeah, not I'm only give this one to you so <laughs> I think people were expecting this to be not exactly just like a, a remaster, but something a lot more like some kind of, I don't know, ultimate edition with content never before seen or whatever. And I think that's where a lot of the mixed or disappointment comes from. Or the the original game, I think, has got a little bit of a cult status of being like a really underappreciated game. And so maybe people who missed it the first time or were hung up on the fact that the original game is from like... I think 2012 or something like that. So it looks dated by now. I think they were expecting it to be more. And it's one of those like weird sort of nostalgia-esque things. But, you know, I enjoyed the first the first game and I'm going to pick up Re-Reckoning and, or not the first game, but the first, you know, enjoyed it the first go around. I'm going to pick up Re-Reckoning at some point and go through it again. I'm kind of waiting to see if it shows up on Game Pass or something like that before I buy it. But, if it doesn't, I'm definitely going to buy it. Okay, so uh, since uh, I gave you that one, I'll take another one on my poll. Ultra Kill. A ultra. fast-placed, ultra-violent retro FPS. Uh, single player, mind you. Uh, it's still in uh, early access, so you still... Uh, you know, uh, it's still in active development. And 20 bucks for an early access game is starting to get up there a bit much for me. Uh, uh, there's currently uh, the game is planned to consist of three uh, episodes of or arcs with ten levels, as well as two secret missions or multiple new enemies on bosses, as well as five level prelude. And so they're looking to really uh, flesh it out. Right now, it's not quite there. It sounds like it's a lot of fun at the moment, but not a lot of content. But if you're looking for something ultra flat, fast with a lot of blood and splatter and uh, not have to deal with multiplayer, then there you go, right? Yeah. 
Um, I got one. I'm copying out for right now. Night of the Dead. Um, say zombie survival, zombie cooperative survival game, base building survival game. Um, I think I, I don't know if enough time has passed since sort of the zombie craze has died down for this to be new and fresh enough yet. But I like the idea. It's uh, I don't know if you've ever played or heard of. I think it's called Dead by Daylight, yeah. where that you have to survive um, increasingly difficult zombie waves every night, and you sort of prepare for the next wave during the day phase. This looks like somebody took that idea and made a much more fleshed out game focusing on the survival mechanics of that. But I mean, it looks pretty solid um for you know just from what i can tell right now um single player online pvp online co-op so yeah i'm i'm into a zombie survival game where you build like crazy medieval-esque base defenses with trebuchets and like spike pits and shit and looks like there's like a story you're trapped on some kind of island and you have to work together with other human survivors on the island to escape, build up your defenses. Looks neat. I'm into it. So I got Final Upgrade. This is another one of the building uh, a factory games, but has a more sci-fi bent, uh, more a bit more like Factorio. But it's not just uh, you know you're on a planet. You're actually going between spaceships and have to build out spaceships as well as well as managing trade runs from the looks of it. it, it the graphics don't really give it justice. It, it has this kind of weird uh, two, uh, two and a half D look to it that makes it feel very unpolished. Like everything's placeholder. And it, I realize it is early access and it's really short right now for an early access title especially one that's in the upper end of the price range for early access that i'm comfortable with but they're talking about a lot of upgrades over the next three and a, or, or sorry they've been working on it for over three and a half years so definitely uh if assuming that's true of course uh they are uh, in this for the long haul uh they're playing on space battles, working on uh, resource harvesting, uh, harvesting production, uh, trade, technology research, trade, and station building with the construction, uh, blueprint editor, uh, more automation commands. I mean, it looks like there's a lot of promise there. Graphically, it, yeah, like I said, it, maybe it's just the fact that it looks unfinished. It, it, it's in that weird position of placeholder and final design you know what i mean yeah where the art looks polished enough that it doesn't look like it's placeholder art but at the same time it looks off it looks like a neat game yeah i think that's m- more up your alley yeah it looks like but, something i'd be into but, but talking about a lot more research and also you know, having to go on harvesting runs uh, to planetoids and uh, uh meteors and stuff or asteroids, uh, comments, that sort of thing from the looks of it. And also proper trade. So, yeah. Yeah. So I got um, Star Wars Squadrons. I have such mixed feelings about this. 
like 10 years ago, like 10 years ago, Jared would be like looking at me and thinking like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, look at this. It looks amazing. Star Wars. Like, is this, a, you know, Rogue Squadron coming back? What's wrong with you? Why are you so hesitant? But EA has fucking ruined Star Wars licensed video games. Like, it looks very cool as like a uh, a very immersive, super detailed Star Wars fighter game, supposedly with a full single player campaign and then 5v5 squadron multiplayer battles and things like that. But I just have no trust in them that this will turn out to be anything more than like a microtransaction bullshit laden experience. So I don't have high hopes that this is going to be a good game. But yes, I mean, the transformation all of- is complete. All of the trailers are really beautiful, so you know that's nice. At least got some screenshots from a background on my my desktop. But I mean, I, I hope it's good. I really want it to be good. I just well, well that one rebel is kind of uh, smirking at me in that screenshot. But all this doesn't. All this feels like uh, screenshots of uh, cinematics and not actual gameplay. Yeah. Yep. And also, it requires an EA account to to uh, even play it, even if you're on this. And the title runs in both standard and VR mode. So, so uh, anything else you want to say uh, other than no? Oh boy, right? No, I want it to be good. I expect it to be bad. So I got Fantasy Expedition. Fantasy Expedition is a roguelite a strategy uh, action adventure game where the players lead their own army on an expedition uh, mandated by the heavens. Uh, be careful what choices you make on your uh, randomized maps. Uh, recruit, purchase, and gather your relics to win battles and solve events. So essentially, uh, a, a roguelite army simulator? I mean, All right. It, I mean, it... It sounds neat. It looks like it has a little bit of like uh, Slay the Spire, where it has some deck building esque uh, uh, stuff going on with uh, units. I mean, that looks really cool. I'm not sure just how much you're in control, though. I'm not sure if it's just, you know, uh, uh, gratuitous space battles esque, where you're saying they're watching and uh, occasionally giving a command. See real-time combat with done, with tons of different units, organized uh, formations, uh, followers in different positions of your formation, contain different trait bonuses, uh, randomized growth patterns to develop uh, unique unique uh, units, uh, randomized different world encounters. Yeah, it doesn't mention that uh, it's pretty much just a, uh, you know, essentially a screensaver. <laughs> so. It looks really neat. Uh, and it's right in that kind of impulse buy range as well. Right. Uh, right under 10 bucks at $8.99. So yeah, that is nice. So I got one inertial drift. I, I If I hadn't... I, the, the trailer for it started playing automatically, which I thought I had that turned off, but like I guess it decided to turn itself back on or maybe I misclicked or whatever. If I hadn't done that though, I would have just went right on past this probably. Like it, you know, it it's got a nice like cell shaded art style and like some interesting car design, but like whatever, like you know, generic indie racing game is generic, but apparently this is like a twin stick racing game where that your left 
stick is steering and your right stick is your drift control. And that looks like a neat idea, sort of separating those two. You could do some interesting things that probably don't match real world physics at all in any capacity. How about fuck physics? Yeah, fuck physics. And if it provides a unique... I like that. I like that cell shading. Mm Mm-hmm. But it it provides, you know, if it provides a unique, interesting gameplay or driving experience, like, that's pretty cool. So I'm glad I accidentally started playing the trailer. Okay, so I got one. I'm really excited about that. I didn't know this was coming out until uh, this. The Unfinished Swan. So this is from the creators of What Remains of Edith Finch. Finch, sorry. And this is from a tech demo I saw over 10 years ago where you start off in a world that is literally a white screen and you discover the world by essentially throwing paint balloons and it splatters. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, oh shoot, now I'm blanking on the, uh, the cave exploration game. Scanner Sombre. Sort of like that, but not quite where uh, it... Uh, as you cover the world, you discover more of it. And just look at the trailer. It looks uh, very uh, abstract. So it's going to be interesting to check this one out. It's priced right at 15 bucks too. So pretty. I've seen a game like this. That it, the, 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 it, there was a scanner sombre. Like I've seen a game that does this paint splatter well, there, well, idea. Well, the, well, there was originally a... Uh, prototype for this in like 2008 maybe uh, i've seen or, something in a youtube video about that like check out this neat one-off thing like isn't that a neat gameplay mechanic idea or something like that yeah and that i've never seen a game really take it uh something like that until like scanner sombre so seeing unfinished swan actually well finished <laughs> right uh, originally le- released on PlayStation, so maybe you saw the PlayStation release, and I didn't pay attention to it because you know PlayStation, right? Yeah, maybe. But uh, another case of uh, PlayStation games coming to PC, right? Woo games. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I got, I've gotten two that you had: Final Upgrade and Fantasy Expedition. And then I got a. Yeah, I've already give, I already gave you Kingdoms of Amalur re re reckoning, so yeah, I'm not giving those up. That's fine. And they got a porn game that doesn't even look like a good porn game, so we're gonna skip past that one. What is this? A Monsters Expedition. Go for an it. Adorable and relaxing open world puzzle adventure. This looks cute. Hang on, let me copy the thing over or copy the link. Expert can't fucking spell. There we go. A monster's expedition. But yeah, this is a, it. Looks like a cute top-down adventure puzzle game. Open world puzzle game for monst- for monsters who love to learn about humans. This looks really cute. Kind of wholesome. Well, we need that these days. Indeed, a cute little monster going on an adventure to learn about humans. So I got a, a, a game question mark called Cloud Garden, a uh, Cloud Gardens. 
Uh, I assume that you're finished, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so a chill game about using plants to overgrow abandoned wasteland dioramas. So essentially, it's a desktop toy, but there is a uh, sandbox mode that has unlocks and some sort of campaign mode on it as well, where you're essentially building little dioramas. And it's kind of neat, actually. I'm just watching the trailer and you know, uh, seeing uh, somebody make a, a diorama of uh, gnomes playing uh, uh, cards with uh, a bunch of overgrown plants around it. It looks like there's uh, quite a robust building system on this as well. We're not quite sure where to take the game, though, and it looks like early access is going to determine that a bit, so... That may be a little kick, uh, you know, kick in the pants for that one if you're wanting something a little bit more sandboxy and you know, goofing around for five bucks to, and they decide to te- make it more story focused. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm just watching the trailer and seeing the, you know, how they're handling this, and that is really cool. It has sort of a Lego esque mechanic of snapping stuff together to make a, a diorama. It's kind of how some people play uh, City Skylines, just making essentially like mini worlds. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, so this is the last game in my list. Blazing Sails Pirate Battle Royale. Um, so this is a Battle Royale game where that you and other people, I guess friends is the intention, group up and crew a pirate ship and go doing some looting and some shooting. Um, looks like you take your ship and you go hunt loot um, and upgrades and weapons and stuff. And the objective is to wipe out all the other pirates on the map. Sink their ships, kill them, take all the Boy, loot. Uh, this almost sounds like that Ubisoft game that we never heard anything else about, huh? Right. Um, it. I mean, this looks pretty neat. I like the idea of it. Um, and this feels like a, a neat way to utilize the battle royale genre in a slightly more creative way than you know dropping out of some kind of sky balloon and you know shooting up schools and uh, park districts. But I mean, it's only got 158 players online right now with an all-time concurrent peak of 254. Yeah, that's a little troubling. Yeah. So when did this game release? last week so it's been out for a week um i think probably the problem here is the price because you can play fortnite for free and this is 22 bucks yeah and for the next uh 24 hours (laughs) yeah and PUBG has been on many many sales since it's released for less money than this i think that at this point if you're gonna break into the battle royale genre you have to be very cheap or free to build up a player base, which kind of sucks. Cause I mean, I, I would give this a shot. I think I'm just looking at the publisher. The developer doesn't have anything, uh, really uh, or anything else. Uh, the publisher has published quite a few games, some mixed reviews, uh, same publisher that did Starship corporation. Yeah. That's also the same publisher that did, uh, the Starpoint Gemini published the Starpoint Gemini yeah. series. So, you know, they should you know, be wise enough to know that, you know, you, if you're going to go Battle Royale at this point, you know, you need not only a unique hook, but also, 
be able to be affordable for the kiddies. And I think this is a, a unique enough hook, but it's I think it's priced too expensive given the market. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. I go to the uh, the discussion page, and the second one on here, lower your price. Yeah. Uh, I, I go free. Uh, this game needs to be free to play ASAP. Yeah, I would definitely play it, you know, try it out if it was free. I'd probably buy it for, for 10 bucks. I'd definitely buy it for five just to check it out. Yeah, but it's a hard pill to swallow at 25, huh? Yeah. Especially completely unproven, untested. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was the last game in my queue. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a good uh, uh, evolution of Sea of Thieves. It's just, whew, at that price, right? Yeah. So I got BPM, bullets per minute. Uh, a rhythm action FPS roguelite. Boy, there's a tongue twister of genres, huh? A good eclectic mix. So it looks like uh, delve into a randomly generated dungeon where one missed note could lead to your death. So essentially, uh, first person uh, shooter roguelite mixed with mixed with like Crypt of the Decker Dancer, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, first person roguelites have always had the issue of the random generation. It, it, there's just something about the uh, way that it's built that it never really feels like it uh, clicks. So maybe this is uh, something that could uh, uh, fix that, having a, a little bit more of a uh, another genre thrown onto it, but also the fact that it, it has this sort of old uh, Doom uh, feel to it, uh, just from uh, the uh, art style and uh, the monster choice. So yeah, pretty interesting. And they are selling the soundtrack separately as well. Little, uh, well, it's not even early access. It's out, so that's a refreshing change of pace, huh? Yeah. Uh, some pretty good reviews overall. So let's see what else I got on here. Huh. Yeah, I'm happy to take a moment. Okay, so Ghost Runner is up next. I still have a few left on my queue. A unique single-player experience, fast-paced, violent combat, and an original setting that blends science fiction with post-apocalyptic themes. I mean, it looks interesting. It still has five weeks till its release, so yeah, nothing except uh, 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 developer-made marketing. But it has this feel of sort of Shadow Warrior-esque combat where it's over-the-top, very fast, uh, somewhat melee focused with some guns as well. I'm talking about the new Shadow uh, Shadow Warrior, mm-hmm. but very fast uh, with uh, almost ninja esque uh, uh, movement. Uh, let's see, made by 3D Realms, and uh, I'm just seeing what else they've made, and nothing that jumps out uh, for one more level. So, yeah, I mean, that does feel a lot like uh, Shadow Warrior. So if you played the newer Shadow Warrior, especially the first one, actually, I guess really the second one, if you ignore the old looter shooter aspect of it, there you go, right? Yeah. Uh, the the football, we'll skip that because uh, it's 
poorly reviewed and yeah. Uh, oh. Well, turns out the nightmare isn't over. Amnesia Rebirth. <laughs> right? Oh. Amnesia the Darkest Descent, right? So, yeah, I'm, so I'm, this is a sequel? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's a sequel to the original. I know they've made a sequel before, but uh, it was by a different developer, and it was considered not nearly as good, and this looks like it's a lot more in line with the original. Are you talking about a machine for pigs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this looks like it's a lot more in line with the original uh, 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 Amnesia game uh, uh, in tone and feel. Uh, never played it. I own it through a bundle. Uh, I've realized that Amnesia, it doesn't really rely on the jump scares, but I'm a wuss. Yeah. I think I there's know. like one or two jump scares in the entire game, and the rest of it is uh, psych- more psychological and resource management, but, uh, right? Yeah. I, um, I also have mentioned, I think, once or twice on the show before, you know, just maybe that I don't like scary mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So I'm aware of this franchise. I've never played one, and I never will. Mm hmm. But and hey, uh, it, it, it does it does seem like it's more true to uh, the original game than the uh, than its previous sequel. And the fact that they seem to be skipping over a machine for pigs uh, might be a good sign for that game, right? Yeah, perhaps. So I got one last one uh, after I skipped another one. As far as the ah. So, build a bubble town and travel with your tribe towards the center of the world called the Eye. Uh, Roguelite, this, the art style feels familiar, but I'm blanking on, uh, on what it's reminding me of. Uh, um, Super Giant, of course, it feels almost like a super giant game just from the art style. How it's kind of pastel and really bright, but yeah, it has kind of a serious tone to it. Uh, especially since they have it where uh, it's a building uh, or town building and resource management game. So, sort of uh, Frostpunk esque, sort of, but not with a proper storyline. Instead of its roguelite, where I. Uh, it's randomly generated and you have to try to use your knowledge of the previous uh, uh, runs plus uh, possibly an overarching uh, progression system even though I'm not seeing it right here uh, to your play session with game modifiers such as duration uh, a half size resources generation and more play the campaign okay so there is a prepper campaign mode as well as sort of a free play so yeah, I mean, interesting to say the least, right? Yeah. Um, looks like this is their second game on Steam, with the first one being a Look Inside, which is a two D narrative game that looks pretty interesting. So yeah, it looks like this developer may be uh, building a little bit of a repertoire of 
interesting kind of uh, unique takes on genres. So yeah, uh, definitely worth checking out if you uh, like roguelites or city builders and need something a little bit different. It, yeah, with a little bit mix of forex strategy, reading some of the reviews is a good indication of that. So yeah, that is my cue done. So once once again, came in a little heavy, huh? Yeah, I mean we both had pretty pretty decent ones. Although you had what is that? 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yep, well, 10. Also passed, uh, and I had 1, 2, 3. So. I had 7. And a couple of mine were ones that you had that I probably would have, or that I would have talked about anyway, so. I mean, nothing yeah. particularly sweet though. That's the thing. Well, uh, right. Hey, Rage. Oh, why don't I'm you uh, hit him with them socials? On Twitter, gaming a CR, where you can find me occasionally bitching about probably my state government, because uh, my governor's a fucking nitwit. Or you could be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist on Twitter at JMA4707 or on Steam by sending and request to JR4707. Exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from. The password for this week is Bumfuzzle. Bumfuzzle. One of my more <laughs> interesting words, right? As you go try to figure out what that means, right? Indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one, though. I like it. It means to, 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 oh, to confuse or fluster. Oh, yeah, just... Often uh, uh, used uh, in the dialect of the southern United States. So, right? Uh, go tell uh, a, yeah. uh, a boomer bum fuzzle. They'll, they'll understand it, right? Or at least in your area. Probably. So, once again, you can reach us, VGLpodcast, at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or tweet them to us, Podcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this madness possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Podcast, Or you could go over to the website, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes, link to, links to all our stuff online, as well as the Discord. Or if you used to share the love, you could find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our Discovery Q music is doobly doo both by Kevin McLeod. Both can be found over at com with the rest of his stuff. And... <clears throat> oh, my God. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, as always, out of your mouth. as his lovely music covers up my shit, no, it's his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Uh, I fix you're it not in post. Fix it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.